All right. Uh, this is Blake Lunsford with me, pastor of Grace Baptist Chapel in Hampton. This is Pastor Ryan Davidson. Pastor, would you like to say hello? Hello. Hey. So we are here to walk through our confession. Our confession of faith is the Second London Baptist Confession, and we are journeying through it. Last week we were in Chapter 2, which is of God and of the Holy Trinity. We're going to look back at this particular chapter. There's three paragraphs in this chapter. Last week we looked at paragraph one. This week let's look at paragraphs two and three and then maybe peek into the next chapter about God's decree, which comes after this one. So, Pastor, anything you want to mention here about our confession of God and of the Holy Trinity? Yeah, well, I think in paragraph two it says... The following words, it says, God, having all life, glory, goodness, blessedness in and of himself is alone in and unto himself all sufficient, not standing in need of any creature which he hath made, nor deriving any glory from them. I think that first phrase is very helpful because it reminds us that God is self-existent, that God is not dependent on other things in order to be. He simply is. And unlike us, we have been given life by God. God is not given life by any other being. But, you know, as we were talking about that, before we press record, we were looking at that phrase, nor deriving any glory from them. I mean, how does that phrase strike you, brother? Yeah, nor deriving any glory from them. It, From the background I come from, especially, we speak a lot about glorifying God, as we should and as we do at our church as well, but this says God does not derive glory from man and that it's, it's striking because we're told over and over again in the scriptures to glorify God. Right. So we have to press into what did the writers of the confession really mean by that? And there's a reference here to Job 22 gives us some clarity about what the writers meant here. And Job 22 says, can a man be profitable to God? And so I think the writers of the confession on this point say that we do not profit God. We don't add to God. We don't make him any more glorious. Yes, we can glorify him. We can praise him. We can thank him. But we don't make him more glorious in any way whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's not like our praising God makes him more glorious than he was before we praised him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's excellent, brother. I think paragraph three further discusses the doctrine of God and specifically the Trinity, that God is one being existing eternally as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, the last line of this chapter says that the Trinity is our foundation of all of our communion with God and comfortable dependence upon him. That's a bold statement that the doctrine of the Trinity is such a crucial doctrine that it is the basis, the foundation of all of our communion with him. And part of that comes from the reality that this paragraph, paragraph three, speaks to God being one being, not three beings, but one being existing as Father, the Son, or the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And they are of one substance, power and eternity. So the Son is not less glorious than the Father. The Spirit and the Son are not second to the Father. They are um, equal, one being, three eternal persons. And what separates them is not uh, different things that they do or different, uh, you know, 
kind of attributes because they share uh, the entire divine substance. And by sharing even, that word is going gonna, is gonna to kind of fail us at some point. They are... Um, three persons, and yet there is one God. Yeah, and the, the confession says, all infinite, without beginning, they are not divided in nature and being, yeah. but distinguished by several peculiar relative properties and personal relations. Yeah, I mean, one way to say that is that the Son and the Holy Spirit are all that the Father is, except they are not the Father, mm. right? That's what relative property means, properties of relation. Yeah. So this doctrine of the, of the Trinity, the doctrine of God, carries us into the next chapter where the writers of the confession were very specific in how they put this together. Chapter 1, the scriptures teach us about God. Chapter 2, then, we go to who God is. And then chapter 3, we go to God's decree or God having decreed or ordained all things that come to pass. And there's at least one thing we need to say. In chapter 3, paragraph 1, there's the glorious reminder that God's decree doesn't do away with the fact that the creature has a will. That's important. And in chapter 3, paragraph 2, it also is very crucial that we understand that God doesn't decree things because he looks down the corridor of time. Chapter 3, paragraph 2 says, Although God knoweth whatsoever may or can come to pass upon all supposed conditions, yet hath he not decreed anything because he foresaw it as future or as that which would come to pass upon such conditions. God's not looking down the corridor of time going, okay, these are, what, these are the things that would happen if these circumstances happen, so that's what I'll decree. No, God simply decrees mm. from all eternity all things. And he also doesn't, he doesn't look down the quarter of time and say, this person will choose Correct. Christ, therefore I will elect him or her. That's, that's not the way it works. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the doctrine of God and the doctrine of the decree, which will continue over the next week or two, are crucial things. But these are just some snippets. Brother, any other thoughts you've got? I think that's, I think that's all we've got. Well, everyone, um, we are doing this just to highlight some of these phrases that that may be difficult at first glance and hope this is helpful to you. Lord willing, um, we'll do this again next week.